This is the Infatuation Side Dish, a smaller version of our normal pod where we talk about Asian things we love. This is Curtis, and on today's mini-episode, we will be talking about the intriguing anime-inspired anthology, Star Wars Visions. フォースと共にあらんこと。つつしんでお受けします。How's it going? Welcome to Side Dish number two. Uh, what do you think of the name Side Dish? I don't know. What do you think, David? I, you know, kind of like it. I mean, it's, I was listening to some of your, um, you know, frozen food episodes, and it, it, it matches in those pieces. You know, it's a little, little something. It kind of fits into our culture. Yeah, yeah. All right. Well, we'll see how it goes. As advertised, these are supposed to be a little more spontaneous and a little shorter. Um, Normally, we do an episode into two-week parts, but these are probably going to be just just one week or maybe midweek. We'll see. We'll see how these go. So we probably could have stretched this out into two hours, but I don't know if anyone wants to listen to two nerds talk about Star Wars for two hours. Though, you know, there are so many YouTube channels and podcasts on Star Wars. I'm sure there could be an audience, (laughs) but I'm not sure if our audience would want to do that. So just like our Squid Game episode, uh, we're going to try to keep this first half spoiler-free, and then uh, we'll try to warn you before we talk specifics. So if you've never watched Star Wars Visions, uh, we will not try to spoil it for you in the first part, and then later on we'll talk about it, but we'll warn you first. All right, coming along for the ride this week is all the way from north of the Golden Gate Bridge, we have David. Welcome, David. Thank you, Curtis. Great to be here. Yeah, David and I go way back, way back. So far back, um, we saw, I believe we saw episode one at the Coronet Movie Theater in San Francisco with uh, Felix. I think we saw it with Felix. Yeah, I remember Felix. Oh, he loved it, too. I remember he went back and saw it like two or more times, I think. And I'm so glad we saw it at the Coronet. Coronet, if you don't know the Bay Area, Coronet is the original where they had the exclusive contract with uh, United Artists and they had the... um, you know, they had the the original episode four, five, and six, and you'd have to line up around the block, and it was the only place you could see it, and it was just a majestic theater, one of those one-screen theaters, and did you see Star Wars uh, when as a kid there? Did you go to those? No, I went to the our version of the Coronet in, in Marin, which was the one in Coromadera. Yeah. And so, you know, it was the same thing, you know, like, you know, you had to line up all the way around the blocks, and so I, I remember seeing Star Wars there multiple times. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, but Cornet was a fantastic theater. Was that was the way to do it, too. Single single screen. And then, you know, you just built up anticipation, waiting hours and hours for it to start. You're out there totally. with your family. Sharp-eared listeners might recognize David's voice. He was actually at our Shang-Chi viewing, and he commented at the end of that show. So uh, this is technically your second time on the show. Yeah, I feel, too, that they would have had to been the hardcore listeners. They would have had to have listened to after everything was over. Yeah, was there. yeah the after credit scene. And should we go ahead and say this too, David? You are our first non-Asian host of the Infatuation Woo! Podcast. Wow, but, I feel honored. Yeah, but you know, we had to talk Star Wars because uh, you go way back with Star Wars. Um, I would rate myself um, more like a Star Wars middle schooler, maybe. Like there are people like Star Wars, like PhD level knowledge of Star Wars. I, I'm a fan. I think I know more than your average person, but I don't think I would. How would you rate your Star Wars knowledge? Ooh, I don't know if I'd go PhD. There's definitely people who can pull out all sorts of crazy knowledge. Crazy like, knowledge. Like specific things. But, I, you know, I feel like I've, 
I've definitely watched the movies several times. I've watched all of the animated options. You know, I've I remember seeing all the like the, the horrible made for TV like <laughs> shows that they do when I was a kid. And I've read, you know, a lot of the the um, the more recent um, comic streams from Marvel, which actually take place, which are canon potentially. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So, like, you know, but those are pretty good. So, mm-hmm. I feel like I'm pretty, you know up on it i've always enjoyed it and but there's definitely i know i haven't studied it probably to the same extent some people may have (laughs) and what was cool is we had daughters you know and they're they're you have a teenager now is that yeah she's officially a teenager (laughs) well we i have a preteen and david has a teenager and they kind of came of age right when you know episode seven eight and nine came out and so they kind of jumped on the ray bandwagon and, and i thought that was kind of fun to have this next generation get into it too totally so um so yeah how did you, so i think we have similar origin story because we're similar age um you know 1976 and 1981 you know we we got into star wars um and then did you did it grow more after that did you you know in college and did you deep deeper dive into it you know, in college, because there was no real new Star Wars stuff coming out, and like no like things in there, like it's, I honestly at that point, you know, people are gonna probably be like, "What?" Like I was, I was, I was spent a lot of time more in Star Trek during those years, uh-huh. <laughs> yeah, a little more, <laughs> more deep. But you know, I was always, I had, I was definitely friends with people who were like hardcore Star Wars fans, and they had like, I remember I had one friend who um, in college they had like a dedicated room where he would have like all of these Star Wars action figures. Like it was like the whole room was like a giant diorama. Oh man. Yeah. I, yeah. I, I never got that deep into the memor- uh, the merchandise or the memorabilia. Though I did as a kid. Uh, I don't know if you had these. I had the Star Wars record where it had like sound clips and you play the record and it's kind of one of those turn the page. Yeah. I definitely had that. Um, and then, yeah, you know, I, I get whenever I see it, you know, now you can see it anytime you want streaming. But before, whenever I would see it on a TV or they do a, you know, 20th anniversary or something, I try to go see it. And, and it's just, it just brings back lots of good memories and also just just fun movies. And they're, they're well done. They're well done movies. You know, I um, I had a, a friend. A fi- well, it's a, it's a friend of our family. We met through Penelope's, you know, it was one of her, it's her age group. And so this family... Um, they're they're like really hardcore Star Wars fans. In fact, I think their wedding was like Star Wars themed. Oh wow, yeah. Their, their, their pastor apparently was um, like dressed up like as Darth Vader. And, but oh, anyways, yeah. when his his daughter came with, um, I think she turned what was it ten? They rented um, the five star. Was it the five star? The fi- the one in Chinatown. Uh, four star on Clement. Four star, and um, he had what they called a star mitzvah. <laughs> And he rented the whole theater out and invited like his friends to come out there and like they watched like the original like version of it before you know he somehow got a hold of one of the original unedited versions before Lucas kind of oh. did stuff to it. Oh. And um I mean it was pretty cool to do it that way. It was, you know, it was fun as everyone was there was really into it, and so they would share the right parts. But I I forgot how long that movie was. Yeah. Back then. Because it's you know, it was such a different time when you were watching movies and there's so much build up. Mm-hmm. In the, uh, those first few movies, yeah, that's yeah. that first one. Wow, no, that's that's a different level. <laughs> You're getting yeah, but no, he, <laughs> uncut version. Of... Yeah, that's you know that's those that's why I never consider myself like a PhD because there's always people that are still crazy. <laughs> yeah, yeah, or they can recognize you know oh that's not Luke's Luke's lightsaber you know or they recognize it just by looking at it they'll know which one is which. Right, uh, definitely not at that level. So if you don't know what we're talking about today, um, we are talking about this, I think it dropped about a couple of weeks ago, maybe August, no wait, no, no, we are in October, I think September, I think these dropped on Disney Plus, and it's called Star Wars Visions, and it's an anthology of nine short episodes uh, produced by some of the top anime production companies or production studios in Japan. And so this is kind of cool. This is kind of, um, I think it's a nod to the fact that uh, Star Wars might have, you know, I think I think George Lucas has said such that he had uh, uh, watched Kurosawa's films and really liked the idea of 
this um, kind of a story when there's a lot of sword fighting and there's a lot of heroism and it was just kind of like a way to kind of bring it back maybe to its roots uh, in Japan um, possibly like even some of the costumes well we'll talk about this in a second but what we're talking about are uh, Star Wars Visions there are nine of them. They're all short. I think the longest one is like 20 minutes, and the shortest one is like 15. They're all kind of in that 15 to 20 minute range. And uh, it's kind of a neat. There wasn't a whole lot. Of, how did you hear about it? Did you just hear about it? You know, I, I just flipped over to Disney Plus all the time just to see if there's anything <laughs> new. And so I just flipped over and I saw, I was like, what? I hadn't, I, that was the first time I honestly had heard about it. I just, and I happened to just, you know, do my weekly check on what's new. And so I just saw that that was up and so i watched one and i was like i mean that you know we'll talk about it later but yeah no but the, i i had not really heard of it at all like it didn't have a whole lot of fanfare oh and then i just saw something on youtube something popped up and someone was reviewing it was like what is the star wars visions so let's talk a little bit about star wars possible asian roots uh since this is the infatuation podcast but i think uh george lucas talks about uh kira kurosawa's Hidden Fortress in 1955, and it's you know, the story's going to sound familiar, right? There's kind of a lowly hero, not not a not a hero by birth, but he becomes a hero, and he goes on kind of a quest to rescue a princess from a huge fortress, and it's also told from the viewpoint of these two, the two lowest characters, kind of like these servants, and they're kind of telling the story from their point of view. And there's even the scene where those two servants walk through this battlefield, this major battle, and they're they're kind of just strolling through there. You know, these kind of cowardly uh, servants are not not warriors at all, running through. And there's even a final uh, duel between you know this uh, these two characters that kind of really looks like a Vader Obi Wan duel at the end. And so I think George Lucas pretty clearly was inspired by this movie and you know, even took some elements from it. And then if you look at just the movies themselves, there's kind of like this idea of, well, not the idea. The, the One of the main things in Star Wars is the idea of, of the Force. And in uh, Chinese culture or Asian culture, there's this idea of Qi, right, which is kind of a a force that you can, it's from Taoism and it's kind of like this energy that flows and you can, if you can control the chi, you can direct it. Do you know much about chi? You've done some martial arts, you know, a little bit. I mean, yes. I mean, any Asian martial arts, you're going to want to learn about chi. I mean, I do karate. And so we, you know, the Japanese version is key, which I think is just directly just, you know, it comes because karate is eventually came from China anyways. And so it's, you know, it's just that idea about, and when we talk about it nowadays, you think of it more of the physical idea in terms of like being able to like kind of energy and blending and sort of like moving with it and like hard and soft styles. But there's definitely, you know, like you hear about an acupuncture and like, mm. like the, the garb- grand master guy, I don't know, they don't call him that, but you know, like the head up guy, he like knows, like he talks about like, if you understand sort of like the chi in terms of like, you know, certain times a month, there's supposed to be certain like flows that are better than others and even like certain types of days there's all these different cycles and so if you know like certain things like you can injure people a little more if you know like certain chi spots and stuff Mm. and you can heal like you can heal to yourself like if you can control your chi the same person place you can heal people from are the same places you can hurt them yeah so knowledge of chi and then in in the martial arts movie they kind of movies um you know the hong kong kung fu flicks of the 70s and 80s there was this kind of style called the wuxia style where people could climb walls and float you know and obvious examples crouching tiger hidden dragon or the movie hero where these these folks can you know climb bamboo like run up the side of the wall and jump from rooftop to rooftop you know and when you watch star wars and you can see the jedi kind of do these gravity defying moves and it's called lightness technique they can kind of you know just change the mass of things and move things with their manipulating the force to move things so that kind of very similar in star wars to these wuxia style movies and then even as as far as the costumes and the names i mean you have obi-wan kenobi kenobi could could be a japanese name or Totally. You, you have that Darth Vader's helmet was modeled after kind of that samurai helmet, and then of course you have you have Yoda, 
which everyone knows he was Asian, right? <laughs> yeah. I mean, he had the Zen master. I mean, kind of an accent. <laughs> you know, the, the, the grammar that he used was kind of based on an Asian accent a little bit. Um, so it's kind of kind of interesting that, that Lucas brought in a lot of this Asian stuff. You know, Amidala's costumes are often very similar to, to Asian or South Asian costumes. So that's kind of interesting. But unfortunately, it took almost 40 years for, for them to actually put an Asian character. There was one... There was one star pilot that actually was Asian in, in I think it was Empire Strikes Back, but he, he dies within seconds. But uh, it took almost 40 years to get an actual Asian character, and it was uh, martial arts legend Donnie Yen. Like, I don't know how to say this right. He played Chirut Imwe in uh, Rogue One 2016, so 40 full years after the original Star Wars. We have an Asian character, and he was awesome. I thought that character was really good. Fantastic. He was a force sensitive. He wasn't a Jedi, but he was force sensitive, and he's blind. Yeah, so that's really a great character, and and he's he's an amazing actor. And then of course we have Rose Tico, played by Kelly Marie Tran in Episode Eight in 2017. Not people's favorite character, but uh, at least uh, she was an Asian character in the Star Wars movie, uh, the main the main canon series. I read too that she was supposed to have a bigger role, and they mm. kind of like squashed her a certain storyline. In part nine, yeah, yeah, she didn't do much in part nine. Yeah, it was unfortunate. It was kind of unfortunate, and and she was super excited. Like I think on Instagram, when she got cast as as Rose Tico, she uh, she was just beyond exuberant to get that part, and, and it was it was really cute to see someone get so excited about it. Unfortunately, the the role was kind of it just didn't come across real well, but um, so now we are in you know twenty twenty one, and so the folks at Star Wars, I don't know how they got this arrangement, but they approached some really big anime studios and said, "Hey, we're looking to do an anthology of these shorts. They're not canon, so you're not going to see Luke Skywalker. You're not going to see." Uh, Kylo Ren, uh, you know, you're just going to see characters inspired by Star Wars characters, and they go back to the creators in Japan. So they're going to creators in Japan to make these, and so you're gonna. I, I think you're gonna see some definite Asian influences on these, and we'll talk about that in a minute. But just on a pure, an- are you into anime at all? I don't actually. I don't know. No, I actually. I'm not hard. I mean, my daughter's really into it, but I, I've, I've been into anime and I've watched it, you know, I've done my fair share of anime. Mm. Yeah, I'm not actually. So I, uh, I'm not a huge anime person, but I will say, I, I think I like the look of these better than something like Clone Wars and Cartoon Network and stuff. Yeah. I mean, it's, it's pretty in that inorganic sort of just like dryness of the Clone Wars. There's a, you know, this, it lacks a certain charm. Yeah, so these were cool. These are very cool looking. Um, what what was your overall impression of you know without spoiling anything the whole idea of Star Wars and anime? Did it work for you or? Yeah, it worked. I mean, because it's based off of that, you know, like all of those origins and things, it works way better than you would think it does. Yeah, I mean, even thinking thinking like, oh, it works well. Like it just it made so much sense in all of it. Yeah. And the you know, I think even like the places where you feel like they stretch things like in terms of way things are supposed to quote unquote work, it, it just, it made the stories were really, I think appropriate to the star Wars universe. And yeah. there was a lot of like, you know, a lot of like the relationships and stuff. It was and the, the visuals It just, and it was really, I really enjoyed too, that um, they allowed people to just like go off canon and do like yeah. other stuff. Cause you, you know, cause when Lucas was in charge, he had a tight lid on that and like, you know, nobody could do anything. Yeah. No, they, there were some, yeah. Some folks stayed a little closer to kind of what people would expect from the Star Wars, and some went way off off track, which was which was good, is neat. And then, yeah, I agree with like the the sword fighting, the style of sword fighting that they've always used in Star Wars is, is really what you know, like Luke Skywalker wears a gi like for all of Episode oh. Four, he's wearing a gi the whole time. I mean, and then the sword fighting is kind of katana style sword fighting when they use lightsabers. So it, it really fit, I think, with the idea and the aesthetics. And then the idea, there's, you know, Star Wars is a family movie, right? This follows the Skywalkers. 
And so there's betrayal and there's, you know, broken trust and there's family bonds that are stretched and, and strained. And I think you see a lot of that in these. And that's kind of a classic Asian theme, right? With Asian movies or stories, it's a lot of it is about honor, being part of the family, protecting the village, you know. And so I think that fit really well with what the anime creators are trying to do. So, yeah, I, I think it was fun. I think it was definitely fun and definitely worth watching. Uh, I would recommend... Would you recommend it to anyone, or, or do you have to have a love for Star Wars? I think I think people who are anime fans could enjoy it. Like, it might be... A, like, if they're not into Star Wars or they're anime fans, it might be a nice gateway show. Hmm. I think, though, if you're not into Star Wars or anime, it might be a little bit of, you know, like, not knowing what you're going into. I mean, there are definitely, like, a bit of eye candy in there, but... yeah. Some of the stuff may be a little bit harder to appreciate. But yeah. the nice thing is they're short enough where I feel like you could just like pick and yeah. choose. And there are yeah. some that, that clearly look like they're made for kids in style and content. And there's some that are definitely a little more mature, you know, and a little not gory. But there's, there's you know, people get people get killed. <laughs> so beware if you have little, little kids. There are some that are more appropriate for little kids. But yeah, I wouldn't recommend it to everyone. I don't know if every you now you know I'm like my wife will watch Star Wars with me, but I don't think she would really enjoy these. But my daughter likes anime as well, and I think she would like these. So, mm-hmm. um, it's not totally for everyone, but definitely in, in entertaining. And like you said, it's 15 minutes. Right? If you don't like it, it's not a huge investment in your time. Totally. Um, now I watched it in Japanese. Did you watch it in Japanese or English? You know, I kind of, my daughter gave me a lot of flack for this because, you know, she's like a purist for her anime. Uh, she yeah. did not watch it in, except for the whatever language it was made in. And when I first turned it on, I didn't even think about it because, you know, it was anime, but I just, it was already in the English dubbed one. Yeah. And so I didn't even realize that it was, there was a Japanese version until I was, you know, through all of the mix for the last episode. So yeah. I'm kind of tempted to go back and watch it now in Japanese and see if there's a different feel because it does. I've watched anime before, like, now, my daughter and I watched Naruto. I don't know if you know that mm-hmm. one. It's like a freaking one of those ones that's like 800 episodes. Yeah. But, <laughs> it, but, you know, we were, I started watching that when I was younger, you know, in English, because that's the only way I could access it on TV. And um, she was watching it. And then when she realized like the original language, that's when she switched over and started watching Japanese. And it gives it a totally different vibe. For so sure. I'm just curious to see like how much different it is. Yeah. Yeah. So yeah, I got the English version. Yeah. Defaults in English. I had to, I had to change it to Japanese. But what I did find out is that the English voice actors, they, they made an effort to get Asian uh, actors to do a lot of the voices and some big names. So let me run through a couple of these names. Lucy Liu is in the first one. She's the bandit. Um, so she's, you know, she's a pretty big star. And then they had Karen Fukuhara. She's from The Boys. If you ever watch Amazon series called The Boys, and she was the character whose name is F. She's kind of a Jedi wannabe. And then Simu Liu from Shang-Chi was in this with uh, Kimiko Glenn, who was in Orange is the New Black. So some pretty big names in that one. Uh, I think that was the ninth Jedi. And then our good friend, Mr. Prolific, James Hong. You know James Hong? Oh, yeah. yeah. He's in everything. He's in like over 200 things, I think. He does the voice of the Elder. So he was the voice of the Elder in that one. So that was a good that was a good find for him for whoever produced that one to get him to do it. And then, you know, shout out to my alma mater, Lowell High School's own Jamie Chung was um, was Misa. And, you know, she's also uh, Gogo Tomago in Big Hero 6. But So she did Misa in this one. And Henry Golding uh, and George Takai. So they... Yeah. Oh man, that's a great one. So this is this is, you know, these are these are not nobodies, but they, I think if you look at the, the full list... It looks like about half of the voices are Asian, which I, you know, it's anime, so you don't have to, you know, you didn't have to, you know, because they, not uh, not very many of these characters, James Hong does, and George Takai has a slight accent, but most of them are American-born, right? So they speak English mm-hmm. without an accent, so it didn't really matter that you had Karen Fukuhara or Lucy Liu or Jamie Chung do the voice, because no one would know, per se, unless they looked it up, but they made an effort, and I, I appreciate that. So uh, hats off to Disney Plus for doing a little representation, even if it's just voices. Awesome. 
And I think the uh, the the actual anime themselves are about fifty percent too. Some of the characters are blonde and <laughs> looks like they could be Norwegian or you know, but some of the characters definitely look Asian and definitely have Asian uh, characteristics to them. Sure. Yeah, For so sure. it was kind of a mix on that too, which I didn't mind. I thought that was fine. Well. I think that is it for the spoiler-free portion. Uh, do you have anything else to add to folks who haven't watched it yet? No, I think we're ready to go. I think we're ready to go. So if you haven't watched it yet, uh, I'll play some kind of a song here to let you know that the spoiler part is coming up. When that song is over, you better be out of here, or else you're going to hear some uh, <laughs> some things you might not want to hear but come on back after you watch it come on back and so thanks for listening up to this point and if you want to stick around to hear us talk about the episodes please do so come on back tell me young luke what brings you out this far oh, this little droid he claims to be the property of an obi-wan kenobi is he a relative of yours do you know who he's talking about obi-wan kenobi Obi-Wan. Now that's a name I've not heard in a long time. A long time. I think my uncle knows him. He said he was dead. Oh, he's not dead. Not yet. You know him? Well, of course I know him. He's me. I haven't gone by the name of Obi-Wan since all before you were born. All right, so let's get into the episodes. Everyone here, everyone here, you've watched it already, right? So we're not going to spoil anything. Though we, we did talk about this when we talked about Squid Game. There are some people who do like spoilers. <laughs> they don't care. So maybe you're here and you haven't watched it, and you just want to, when you want to know which episodes to watch. So we're going to recommend. What's an inspiration to watch it? Maybe they're on the fence. And I go, this, you know what? After listening to this, they're like, I'm going to go see it now. These two guys have good taste. We know that they're going to pick some good ones for us. So if you don't feel like watching all nine... Which could you can you limit it to two, David? Which two would you say would be your favorite? So, I mean, I could definitely make it bigger than two, but I think my top two, like the first one, the duel, yeah. that's just like that's cinematic masterpiece right there. That little that little bit of it, it's just yeah. And I actually read that they're turning that one into like a novel. The Ooh. people who wrote that one, so they're like, that's gonna be like a bigger long story. Yeah, that that was my number one too. I think. Yeah, I mean that one was because that one just it just. It's just was you know like a total homage to those to those films and yeah it's it's actually in black and white yeah except for the it's lightsabers just, just color. yeah yeah so that was a cool look the blasters and the lightsabers are neon right yeah and I'd say my second one that was a tough call to do um, but I think I'm gonna go with the elder yeah because it it's just it was I liked the vibe of that one and you know the just the, the the tension in there and just sort of like there was a certain darkness to it, it just it was it was that was pretty cool the way they did it all right let's walk through the do- those two so the duel is number one it's the first one for a reason you know they like we gotta we gotta get these people hooked and it has this kind of um what would you say charcoal sketch look kind of yeah, I mean, I I read that it was all done with um you know computers, but they purposely tried to make it like they wanted it to have a two D kind of flat feel to it, so it had like a really organic look, hand drawn look to it. Yeah, so it it did look like it was made like you're right, like a charcoal, like almost watercolory. Look. Yeah, yeah, and it's this it's a village, and they're kind of in the middle of nowhere, and I guess it's kind of like the Wild West, you know, or. I don't know what the equivalent in samurai lore is, but it's kind of like the lawless. Yeah, like a little like village out in the middle of nowhere. Yeah, and you have to you have to provide your own security, or you know you have to have your own kind of forces. And so this um, this bandit, I don't think she has a name. I think she's just called the bandit. Rolls in, and she's like, "We're taking over this town." And then the town kind of fights back a little bit, and they do okay. Until this character, voiced by Lucy Liu, pulls out this umbrella lightsaber umbrella thing. <laughs> I mean, that was crazy. It's crazy. Would... It's a light. It's a red lightsaber that that she can split into like into an umbrella, and she can spin it and stab with it. 
and she straight up stabs a dude right, right there with it. Yeah, she takes out a lot of people right away. When takes she takes out dead. a lot. And so she's she's no joke. So she's she's either Sith like or an actual Sith. And so the town's defenses fall pretty quickly and they're all held hostage. But then up on the hill, there's kind of like the man with no name. He's kind of like the wandering samurai they call Ronin, right? Someone who has no household. Right, right. But he's out there. And uh, and he has a side character, too. He is kind of a droid and a side character, right? Something like R2-D2 that. R2-D2 style. Yeah, yeah. But he he steps into town, and he, he stares her down. And we don't know why at this point, because you know, he has no, no skin in this game at this point. He's not attached to the town at all. But he faces off with her, and there's an epic duel. time since I killed a Jedi. Your lightsaber blade is red! Coward! Unfortunately, I am not a Jedi. And then we find out at the end that he is a kyber crystal collector. Like he's kind of what do you, what do you think his end game is with that? I you know good question. I mean, it looks like he was keeping all red ones, so maybe he's yeah. just taking out. So, like, did you see the other colors in there? Cause I no, I think it was all red. So maybe he's just yeah. He's like it's he's he's a trophy collector of those of those Sith that he's taken out. Uh, yeah, so he's oh, that's why I interpret it. Yeah, I. I I think you're right because you know he even he uses a red lightsaber, which is interesting. And the yeah. duel, that, that part, I, I mean, the fact when he, when that came out and he opened his lightsaber and it came out red, I thought that was such a cool choice to do because it brings up so many like, why does he have a red lightsaber? Yeah. Like, what's going on? Like, was he a, is he a Sith or was he like one? And like, yeah. and her eyes get wider right when he when she when he yeah. pulls out the red one. He's she's like, wait, what? And so it's um, it's cool. And the fight scene, someone was saying, I was watching a YouTube on this, someone was saying it's very reminiscent of Obi-Wan Anakin over the lava, the the river of lava scene or molten metal. Oh, interesting connection. Because he was in the river. Yeah, they're in the river together. They're saying it's kind of paid homage, paid homage to that. So there's not a ton of Star Wars-y stuff about it besides the lightsabers. But there are there are stormtroopers. Oh, well, actually, there's some other characters too. You see a uh, Tuscan Raider, right? Yeah, for that one second when he just kind of yeah. flies out, and, and he does the pose with the the thing in the air for a second. And then there's some other like kind of familiarish um, side characters. They don't have lines or anything, but so it had a little Star Warsy th- feel to it. But it had a real samurai feel to it, a real showdown. So yeah, really cool episode. Um, all right, so that was called the duel. Highly recommend that one. If you want to just see one, that's the one we would recommend. Agreed, agreed. And then the elder, um, yeah, it's got it's got kind of a Master Jedi Pod One feel, and the jokes, <laughs> the dialogue is very similar to you know Anakin and Obi Wan back in the day. Yeah. Joking around. That one felt very much like you can imagine them being part of the Federation or the you know the Jedi Council. Yeah, and they're in the full robes. They're in the full Jedi robes. And what uh, their deal was? I think they, he sensed a disturbance in the Force or something evil. Right. Yeah. Something was going on on this planet, and so they down to check it out. They check it out, and then the Padawan kind of goes up, and they hear the legend. There, there's like some some old dude who's kind of creeping people out <laughs> yeah like, he went you. up on the hill yeah and so he goes up there and this guy voiced by james hong 
is old as heck. <laughs> like he he looks just super old. I've located the old man's starship. It isn't a model I recognize, but it resembles the old Sith ships I've seen in hollows. There's a Vamga carcass. What? I'm going to check it out. Be safe, Dan. It appears the Vamga has been cut down. A clean cut. Whoever it is that did this must be extremely skilled. Looking at the wound, this was definitely done by a lightsaber. You should head back, Dan. Yes, Master. A Jedi! So then, are you a Sith? Let's not speak with our mouth, but with our blade. And they... His his face looks like one of those masks that you'd see in like a kabuki theater or something. His face is, you know, like a demon face almost. It's so old. And there's a showdown. I don't, let's not spoil this one completely here. There's there's yeah. a showdown, and yeah, it's kind of like I've been waiting to fight a Jedi Master for a while, you know. And it's like you know, I want to. I don't want. There's no one worthy of my my efforts lately, so I'm waiting for a, a Jedi Master to come. So that was really cool. Um, the look of it. What do you think of the the aesthetics of this one? I felt like that was one of the ones that I could really see more of like what you consider like traditional anime. Yeah. I mean, I guess anime comes with a lot of different styles, but you can really see like a lot of like, especially the more like mainstream anime kind of feel to it. Yeah. In terms of like, you know, the way they look, the way it was drawn. Yeah. Yeah. But real short one. I think it's one of the shorter ones, but just very entertaining. Um, I'm going to throw in one as well. Um, I enjoyed the ninth Jedi. Do you remember the ninth Jedi? I do. That one was pretty cool. That was a good, I like the story of that one. Yeah. So you go to this planet and evidently there's a beacon or something was sent out to all these force, um, sensitive people. And the beacon is like, come here and I'm going to give you lightsabers I'm having lightsabers made for you and you can join me and we're going to we're going to do great things together <laughs> something like that. Like stop the Sith. That wasn't that the idea that the yeah, Sith would, I think like, we're going to yeah, we're going to join our forces together and we'll train you and you'll get a lightsaber and it'll be, be pretty awesome. And so all these people show up and then you also go down to town and there's there's a guy and this is the guy he's voiced by Simu Liu. So this guy's making lightsabers and his daughter's there and she's what would you say? She about thirteen, fourteen? She's Yeah, that's fair. Yeah, she was youngish. Yeah. And not completely young, not a not a kid, but not a not a woman. She was she was kind of an early teen, I would say. And so she's kinda of helping her dad out and then he's finishing up these lightsabers that he was working on. And this was kind of a cool scene too where, where she fires one up and it's clear remember that yeah the the whole idea yeah like and how he designed them i don't want to ruin too much but he designs them so that the color of the lightsaber is all based on the wielder yeah right and so for her i guess that represents like she was like you know really a novice and wasn't strong enough yet yeah but that was pretty cool so that's kind of a new mythos that he kind of threw in there or that creator created uh for this one where you have kind of a clearish lightsaber depending on so she's so young but she's she's got some skills right she's not yeah right away she was playing around with them and and i think he recognized that in her and then you know these um i don't know were they were they stormtroopers someone someone shows up i i imagine them sort of like not quite sith but like you know like the the bodyguards they employ or just like the the mercenaries they employ yeah so see so these bad dudes show up and and he says, go take this up to the temple. I'm back! Did you manage to finish all those sabers for the Margrave? Yeah. It's really long! Interesting. So you can change the length on this one? Actually, I've tempered the kyber crystals on each lightsaber so it reflects the user's connection with the Force. 
the color and the length will vary depending on the Jedi using it. But I wonder what color this lightsaber will turn when it's finally in the hands of a real Jedi. Is that one of the Jedi ships? Kara, I need you to take these to the temple immediately. Oh, wait, you're not gonna deliver them? Are you the Sabersmith Lajiman? I am. And then she runs up and then they, they there's a whole scene. We won't spoil this one completely either. So she gets up there and uh, delivers the lightsabers and it's... Some things go down. Some things go down. But it turns out that she may have Jedi abilities. Um, some Some beginnings of Jedi abilities. So that's pretty cool. So, really like that one as well. Um, I'm gonna throw out a couple more just to just to talk about. Um, I can I throw out my my one my favorite other favorite one would have been yeah the twins yeah yeah I'm only, I'm not gonna say I mean the story didn't so much get me but for me that one had one of the most visually was one of the most incredible ones yeah in terms of what was going on and it was the most Star Warsy of them I thought yeah. Because they had the Star Destroyers, kind of a, a twin Star Destroyer. And the story is kind of funky. The story is a little funky. It's a little, yeah, a little awkward, but. Well, it was actually, but it was kind of anime-ish, right? Where it, it's like, doesn't totally make sense, but it makes sense, you know? Like in the, <laughs> it, it, it's like. It's it's like one of those ones, like, you know, like 50, se- like 50 episodes down, they would like explain more what was going on there yeah. and filled in all the gaps. But there was, an, there was intentional gaps in there. Yeah, and, and don't hurt yourself trying to figure out stuff. You know, it just go with it. Because <laughs> it's, it's beautiful and it's a, it's, a, it's a, you know, kind of a classic sibling rivalry slash I'm going this way, you're going that way, I can't let you go that way kind of thing. And yeah, I mean, and they're they're stand, you know, he he's standing on an X wing as it jumps to hyperspace. So yeah, yeah, yeah the, I the can't space without a helmet on or anything. Yeah. I was like, and then the the droid shows up with a helmet on, and you're like, wait, what? <laughs> so there's some things you you can't you can't just sit you know it's kind of like don't argue don't argue with it don't get mad at it just go with it and you'll enjoy, enjoy it. the ride you'll enjoy yeah. it more yeah. Um, how about Lope and Ocho? Did you like that one? You know, I wasn't sure if I was going to like that one. I, I, I liked, there's aspects of it I really liked. I wanted to like it more than I did. I, I, I don't know if it was the ending that got me or if, but what, but I really, I liked the animation a lot on that one. I yeah. thought that one was one of the more beautiful ones. Yeah. And, I, and like you said, I, I would call it classic anime. It really looked good. Yeah. The story, the characters. Not totally um, unfamiliar, right? There's kind of the classic where Anakin breaks away from Obi-Wan or Kylo Ren breaks away from Luke and Han and Leia. There's kind of that story, the same, you know, we've seen that story. Um, Rebels. Yeah. So there's a little, it's, you know, and I think it tries to do too much. Like it's only 15 minutes, but I think they're trying to tell like a two hour story. Yeah, they had to leave a lot of gaps in order to be able to fit it all in. Yeah. But I did kind of like the look of it. Then there's some weird ones. There's some kind of, you know, the Tatooine Rhapsody was kind of... That's a kid-friendly one, right? Kid-friendly one. And that was the only one where we got to see some actual... Classic Star Wars characters. You saw Jabba. uh, Boba Fett was in that one. Apparently he was voiced by the original, like the actual actor from the, you know... Yeah. One, two, three. Yeah, so that's cool. Um... I actually like the uh, what was it called the bride, oh, the village bride, village bride. That was the one um, that had Karen Fukuhara in it, and she plays kind of like this uh, Paduan who hasn't really finished her training, I guess. But then at the end, she cuts off the braid, right? So it's kind of like a yeah, she just accepted her path. Yeah, I, I did kind of like it. Was kind of a funky one. That one was one of the more spiritual ones, too. There was a lot about, like, you know, it was a lot of be- being in harmony with nature. Yeah. And, you know, I thought there, there was a, it was a very beautiful one. Yeah. You know, 
yeah without having to be too showy and like and the beauty wasn't so much in the the, the the fighting it was more sort of like in how the i guess it was like force sort of perception how it was utilized that's how i interpreted that yeah yeah no i think i think even the um the the bad guys came down we're, we're kind of respecting the fact that they love their planet so much that they're willing to die for it hmm. so yeah so i yeah i go start with the duel I think the Elder and the Ninth Jedi, I think we can agree, are all pretty solid. And the other ones are a little more niche, a little more, um, not, you're not going to love them all, probably. But I liked them all. You know, they're all interesting. Um, and I think it's cool that there's nine is totally different, all different looking, different stories. I think that's kind of cool. So. Yeah, they brought up, like you said, like, you know, before, like with the, the clear lightsaber, they brought up elements of, you know, of Star Wars that they took it in ways that have never been done before. Yeah. And yeah. I mean, even that one that was kind of, you know, def- very kiddish, the TOB one, the one about the little android boy. Looks like Rocket Boy. Yeah. He was an android boy, you know, uh, but he, um, I, you know, I just say that he, that one gave me a very Studio Ghibli vibe. You know, it wasn't Studio Ghibli, but, yeah. you know, in terms of that really kind of, like young feel to it and the old man straight up looked like it could have been a studio ghibli character or geppetto (laughs) yeah it was a jerry geppetto which one but but what he was able to do was something that's you know star wars have never enabled like a droid to do before yeah yeah so yeah there's there's you know some clever people over there working on this it wasn't like they just threw it together they they threw in some easter eggs you know like um there was a scene in the duel. You have to look really carefully, but on the wall, there's the movie poster of the first Star Wars episode four. So, you know, you get... I'm going to go back and watch that one. You'll never I'll, see it. I'll yeah. watch it again, I'll watch it in Japanese. Yeah, yeah, watch it in Japanese and look for some Easter eggs. Um, so we saw Jabba and Boba Fett. You'll see some, some, some Stormtroopers have First Order helmets, so it's not real clear where this fits in the timeline, but you have kind of like a first order stormtrooper versus the classic stormtrooper. And then you have these droids that look kind of familiar. And one of them is called R duo, right? <laughs> instead of R two D two, you have R duo and B T O N instead of C three P O you go one notch up in the alphabet and you get B two O N. So there's kind of some little, little clever things thrown in there. And of course, they use the line. I've got a bad feeling about this. They use it. I think in five five of them, they use that line. <laughs> wow. Well, yeah. There's a lot of homage. I mean, they definitely were respectful to it, but it was so cool that to see them be able to just like be creative and yeah. do completely off. You know, like yeah, I agree. Screen. I agree. So, so yeah. Cats off to Disney. I think you did a good job in getting people to work on this, and they got some good voice talent. Um, definitely some good artistic talent. Didn't do a great job on publicity because, you, know, uh, you know. Yeah, I, I really like if I hadn't flipped over to that randomly, I, you know, other than you, you know, talking about this, you know, bringing it up, yeah. I don't know if I would have ever heard about it. There's nothing. Yeah. On, you know. And even the logo, like if you're on Disney Plus and you see the logo, you're not going to automatically think, oh, wow, that's the anime version of Star Wars, you know. Yeah. It really wasn't. So I don't know. So I don't know. They did a great job with it. They got some talent. They obviously put some money into it. But uh, they haven't really been been pushing it super hard on people. But and it makes me think of two questions. One, like, do you think they're going to come up with like a season two of Visions? Maybe. And if they do, is there a chance they might revisit some of like the the really popular stories? Because there a lot of them are clearly like you know they none of them are really have closure. They're all sort of like pieces within like yeah. stories that clearly led up to it and kept uh. going. Oh, maybe. Yeah, that would be interesting if we see, like, sequels or another season of yeah. these. But, um, yeah, so, okay, so I, I, I recommend it. You know, not necessarily all of them, but uh, they're short enough where you can give it a try, and if you don't like it, click on to the next one. Uh, hardcore Star Wars fans definitely should look at it. People who want to kind of see Star Wars kind of go back to its Asian roots might be something that you would watch. Definitely, we want to see this. Yeah, yeah. I think I think you'd have to have a certain appreciation for animation too. Some people just yeah. animation turns them off. Yeah. So the look of this is pretty cool. All right. Well, I think that just about does it for us. Um, anything else you want to throw in there, Dave? No. It's you know I I really 
liked that you know just the idea that it was something new and it was it was fun to be able to see it and get a whole new take and about what star wars could potentially be all right what's well, a bummer you're not gonna go see eternals with this you're busy that day <laughs> i know yeah we have we already have um so penelope's she's, she's at age where she's gonna go to see different um high school she's oh, going to high school yeah. next year so we you know that was one of the days that we had <laughs> you have to like be so much more proactive and plan now because of the pandemic and yeah. so like, that was the day that we were set up to go visit one of the high schools she's interested in <laughs> oh but, man i know right on that same one but i'm school. looking forward to that one too yeah, yeah, it'll it'll be good, I think. Uh, you know, with that director and that cast, I think it's got to be good. Yeah, there's so many big names in there. And... Yeah, so we're doing our watch party. For those of you out there, we're going to do our watch party on uh, November 6th. It comes out November 4th, I believe, if you get in there early. Uh, wait, no, maybe 5th. Anyway, it's coming out that Friday, uh, November 4th or 5th. And we will we'll watch it as a podcast, and we'll break it down for you. Same as last time, we'll give you a non-spoiler intro, and then we're going to go full-on spoilers <laughs> for the second episode, like we did with Shang-Chi. So that's kind of cool. Um, so yeah, if anything else comes up that, you know, maybe, like, I almost missed this, if you see anything out there that you think the Infatuation Podcast should do a little mini-pod on, let us know. We'll do these quick hits, you know, less than an hour. We'll just talk about it real casually. Very minimal editing. We're just going to just roll these up on the on the server. Um, so let us know. Send us an email at infatuationpodcast at gmail.com. Or you can message us at Instagram at The Infatuation Podcast on Facebook or Instagram. And let us know. Let us know what we should be doing, what we should be watching, what we should be reading, what should we should be eating. You know, send us a, uh, if it's the Bay Area, especially if we can go visit that restaurant. If you if you want to come on the podcast, so now we have opened the door to non-Asian people being a host uh, with me. So if you want to come on the, if you have an idea for an episode and you want to come sit in on the on the podcast, uh, let me know. We can do it together. And I'm open to new ideas. We just did a collaboration with another podcast, so that was fun. And then my sister's taking over an episode. So we have some other stuff that are uh, that are coming down the pike. So on behalf of David and myself, we hope that you are all happy, healthy, and safe out there. Thanks for listening, everybody. And we will talk to you soon. Bye. お前は生まれた時からフォースに導かれていたのだ。この時を待っていた。ような闇と初めて対峙した。<音楽><音楽>